I'm Kimberly C. Paul. As I travel throughout each state, I realize that death is just a moment. It is how we live until that moment that matters. Finding connection with friends, family, and complete strangers. Journey with me. This is the Live Well, Die Well Tour. Francesca, thank you so much for joining us today on Death by Design podcast. Uh, I know that we just recently saw each other in Vermont when I passed through on the Live Well, Die World tour. And it was finally good to uh, meet you face to face, even though we did. I think we met in Washington, too, didn't we? That's true. I ran into you. Wasn't expecting to see you there. Yeah, briefly, briefly. So what's interesting about you um, is that I, you're young, which I love. But you, you have a lot of this like birthing background. And so how did working in the birthing field interest you in becoming more involved with the death field? It certainly wasn't a plan. It just evolved beautifully. And I've been a birth worker for a decade now. For the past two or three years, I haven't been doing as much birth work since I've shifted my gaze toward end of life. But it still holds a really special place in my heart. I still on occasion work with a repeat client for their birth and teach some private birthing classes. And what I have loved about my birth work is this invitation into such a vulnerable space with people. It's such an honor. I always pinch myself that people trust me enough to let me into their experience. And when I talk about being present at birth, a lot of people think about that moment of birth, when the baby is born, when the new family gets to cuddle and kiss and and meet and bond, and all of that is lovely. But for me as a birth worker, what I really focused on is the the lead up, the preparation work, the meet that I have with people, sorting through who are you, how can we connect, what are your wishes and hopes, what are your fears and anxieties, and holding that and working through that as the woman is pregnant. And then that time of right before her due time that she's probably feeling uncomfortable. She's sort of ready for her pregnancy to be over, but is she ready for labor? And that liminal space and then not knowing and then being present for the actual labor, which is intense and mysterious and it could be hours, could be days and holding someone's hand through all of that. And then the the work after as a postpartum doula visiting recounting the experience, processing, debriefing. And what I realized when I went to attend my grandfather's death was that there's so much of that that's similar at end of life. That preparing, that planning, that sorting through your life, your wishes, your fears, your hopes, that feeling of when you're ill often and you're perhaps in physical pain and discomfort some people wanting for it to be over and done with, but then not really being ready for it. And then there's so much mystery and unknown about the timing, the pacing, what to expect, what to do with ourselves. So the holding space at birth and death is so beautifully similar that I I revere all my work that I'm able to do. And the fact that we get to pause life. We get to enter into this realm That regular life sort of sits on the back burner and it just calls for our full presence and attention in the moment. 
I love that. And you know, the crazy thing about birth and death is within one moment, lives have changed. And and that's, I just love that you have this birthing background, because I think that it really prepares you well for for this one moment at the end of life. But also, people don't understand the, the serious prep that even the death process occurs and all the unexpectedness that that really occurs that's kind of scary just almost like birth giving birth to a child definitely and when you can turn to someone who's in the room with you who has a deeper level of trust in the process in the natural process of birthing and dying and who believes in you and your just inherent ability as a human to birth and to see yourself through your dying process, that calmness is comforting to people. Absolutely. Well, and and that's the thing is, I think some things is fear of the unknown versus just fear of death or birth. You know what I mean? It's like, what's happening? Is this normal? Right. And we want the answers and we want a sense of control. Mm, yes, of course. And that's elusive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So what is awesome is that you are working with the University of Vermont in a death dueler certificate program, which I am really, really uh, just excited about. But you know what? They, As I travel the United States, a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, um, because I'm in Nebraska right now, and people are unfamiliar with what a death doula is. Can you help define that? Sure. A death doula, and and we can call ourselves death doulas or also end-of-life doulas. It depends on the doula. For some, it's not so much about shying away from using the word death. It's about honoring the, the full spectrum of that experience that goes beyond just the moment of death, but that includes that lead up and then the aftercare of loved ones. So the terminology, it looks different from doula to doula. But what we embrace is that we are non-medical care providers who are offering mainly emotional support, but also informational support and also physical support in terms of comfort measures and non-medical interventions for you know pain management and also honoring connection. So we're we're supporting their social relationships. We're also looking back on their lives, doing some reviewing doing some legacy work potentially if they're interested in that. We're connecting them with resources. So doulas are really bridges. And in our program, we focus on each module, the topics that we're covering. We ask our learners to develop a local directory so that when they're working with clients, they know who to turn to when they hit these stumbling blocks and hurdles that are outside of the purview of doula work. So that's a really important aspect of it. And a priority is informed consent. We want for clients to have all the information that they need to make their best choices. So we helped connect them to who we need to connect them to. Every time I hear people, especially you, explain death dualism, what they are, um, I, I just feel like the word Sherpa <laughs> keeps coming to the top of my mind. A guide. Um, and, and that's the thing is even after 17 years in the end of life field, I still like, I still feel like at when I'm going to face my end of life, I'm going to need that too, because I'm doing it for the first time. Um, and I want that for my family. Tell me this, how does 
this uh, new field, uh, death doulas or end of life specialists, how do they work with other organizations? Doulas work in harmony with other services that are available to our clients. So whether it's palliative care or hospice care for the medical aspect, and as we know, hospice and palliative care provide a holistic model. So there are lots of providers within those teams, which is lovely. And doulas complement that care that's already in place. And we look for what else is needed. And what we're seeing in this momentum that's been just gaining is that some hospices are hiring doulas to be part of their teams. And some hospices are starting up doula volunteer groups as part of their volunteer pool. And we're starting to see that happen in palliative care as well. So it can look like a number of different roles. And then we also see private practice doulas who hang a shingle and are practicing, who are self-employed and who are hired privately by their clients. So we're seeing a variety of ways that this is becoming infused into the end-of-life realm. Wow. And you know, I have to to say, because of my uh, years of experience with hospice, and the regulations that the hospice benefit um, is, is only getting worse with restrictions, I also feel like this doula can be sort of a support for those end-of-life uh, people like our hospice staff or um, palliative care staff, because and, and plus you guys can get in there it's so much prior to to the end of life. Um, and hospice seems to be getting in there such at the last minute. Mm. We definitely face that here. Hospice utilization is not great in Vermont, really short stays on hospice. And often when people are entering into a crisis mode, and that's really hard to then benefit from the comfort care that hospice truly provides. So we do believe that doulas, if they can get involved earlier, they can bridge people to hospice and or palliative care, whatever their decision is, for that time and and ensure that that timing works well for them. So to break down some of those barriers and those myths surrounding hospice. Oh, that's awesome. Now, let me ask you this. So when hospice does get involved, perhaps after when a death doula is working with a family and they refer to hospice, they still continue with the patient and family too, correct? Correct. A lot of people think maybe you need one over the other, but you can have this continuously uh, together. The more, the merrier. Definitely. And people have different levels of need. And we see that even within hospice. There are some families that have enough of a natural network that they're not needing as regular visits as other people who do in hospice. And there are other people on hospice who need lots of support and lots of time spent. So we're seeing that with doulas as well. We have baby boomers who are aging and who are entering this phase of life. And many of them either have not had children of their own and don't have that in place, or maybe their adult children live remotely and they want for their parents to be well cared for. And so they're able to organize the care from afar and plug in a doula to complement the medical care team as well. Well, I, I am a big fan of more services at end of life, the better we're able to serve people where they're at. And death doulas, like Sherpas, they're a guide. So tell me what you've seen in your experience of those, the benefits of having a doula. Well, I love the guide 
concept, and I've been thinking a lot about this, and it's a particular kind of guide. It's not a tour guide that offers group tours and a one-size-fits-all. Right. It's really the Sherpa that's going to walk alongside an individual and get to know that person and think about what is this person's most meaningful journey. And so that Sherpa can point out what we could maybe expect, what's maybe on the horizon, and then the different options and pathways that are available. So constantly checking in, is this feeling right? Is this good for you? Should we change course? And that guide can see someone through their entire journey and then also check back in and care for their loved ones after the death has occurred. So I think that there's this personalization of care. And often doulas can, because they're privately contracted, they can look at their calendar and maybe only work with one client at a time if that client needs you know, daily care or three times a week, more frequent visits, longer visits. Maybe that doula is providing some respite care to help support the, the loved ones that are there in the home. Or, you know, maybe it's less care and then the doula could take on a couple of clients. So the doula has that flexibility to decide how much to take on and how much they can offer to each client. I which love is, that. you know, different than, uh, you know, when we're outside of that, the insurance policies and the medical model of care. Yeah, totally. And I, I tell you, I think that the helping making sure that everything just normalizing it, I think that's, that's just normalizing the experience and taking that like unfamiliar um, ness away, which possibly the death doulas can really enhance a lot of quality time for patients and families because they're not worried about, is this normal or not? Um, I love that. I really do. I think, I think you guys are really on to something. So tell me a little bit about your certificate program and what does that mean even? What, what, tell me about the programs and what you guys are doing at University of Vermont. And also, I know that you have in-person classes as well as online classes, correct? The University of Vermont is an online course. It's eight weeks and it's a professional certificate program. It's really comprehensive. We review the entire realm of end of life. So we cover hospice and palliative care and what they offer and who the team members are. And then all the components of the spiritual, the religious, the social, the, the psychological, the medical, the physical, the emotional, all of the realms that combine to honor the wholeness of a person in their journey. And we feature a number of voices, a number of subject matter experts who are in the field as experts throughout the course. So we have eight modules that are required and we have required work. We have quizzes, we have assignments, we have discussion boards with prompts based off of the documentaries and the readings, the articles, and people really do a lot of introspection and a lot of processing and a lot of working through their unhealed wounds in the comfort of our protected cohort. Mm. It's really a beautiful community that develops and we support one another through this work so that by the end of the course, we have a good understanding about end of life and about doula approaches to care, but also we've sort of worked on ourselves well so that we have a lot of clarity of who am I and what is my stuff so that when I enter into a client's room or home that I can set that aside and really be open-minded and open-hearted to what this person needs from me. So that's our 
course. And then I offer some in-person workshops and things as well through my business, Contemplative Doula. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I know that you and I are going to be in Phoenix, um, Arizona. And and Pamela was one of your students. And she's yeah. a debt doula. And so it's like, how many people ha- have you put through this course? Well, we have had over 500 come through. And that number is really based on what I could handle as a facilitator, not based on the demand for the course. So over the summer, I hired five of our graduates to become academic coaches so that we can expand the program and offer more seats. So right now we are in week three of our current offering and we have a hundred learners. Wow. Yeah, I have the support of four of my grads as academic coaches. And then in October, that's amazing. Yeah, we plan to open 200 seats in October and really grow this program so that we can reach more people because they are hungry for this content. Absolutely. And please, you know, keep me in the loop. I would love my contacts on social media, even on uh, within the podcast to promote that. Um, because I, I, I've been promoting your online course, because a lot of people are asking about uh, the doula. And I, I keep telling them, you know, giving them your name, as well as your email address and, and uh, your course uh, at, at the University of Vermont. So I'm hoping people are, are taking full advantage of that. Now, of course, there's a fee for this. So it what what does it cost to get this um, to be a part of this program? It costs 800 for the certificate. And if you look at UVM's other professional certificate programs, which are the same in length, eight weeks or so, this is about half of the cost as their average programs because UVM's really committed to making this more accessible to more people. Wow. And, you know, you and I have uh, a friend um, at Cabot Cheese that is supporting my tour and, and Cabot Cheese supported this program for a long time yes. and are probably still involved with this program. Definitely. And we feature a number of the Cabot volunteers who are really involved in hospice. It's, it's beautiful. Their volunteers through Cabot are amazing. And Cabot came to the University of Vermont, approached the continuing education team and asked if we would consider developing this program. So it's really because of the, the farmers at Cabot that we were able to launch this. That's amazing. Uh, what Cabot Cheese is doing, at, which is supporting me and and this program and you and it, it's just uh, amazing people at this organization called Cabot Cheese and and they just happen to have damn good cheese too they do um you know amazing cheese so tell me a little bit about your book um cultivating the doula heart um and how do we get that book sure i decided to write the book about a year into the course and it's because the course covers so much. People on average spend about 80 to 100 hours in their learning. And they're left feeling really saturated with information. And the book distills all of that into the essentials of doula care so that people after can have this guidebook that they can open and have a refresher and feel like, okay, these are my top priorities as a doula. These are the top suggestions, tips, approaches, techniques to remember and consider so that they feel grounded and centered in this approach. Mm. So that was the inspiration. It's also because 
I learned so much. I continue to learn so much through this process of researching and from our amazing learners that come through the course. So I felt like I had so much more confidence as a doula and just as a human being to have difficult conversations with people, to sit with intensity and to also care for myself. So I wanted to offer that and share that with other people. And so even people who haven't taken the course have given me feedback. I had one woman say that she was flying to go be with an old friend who had just lost a parent and she didn't, she was uncomfortable. She didn't know what she was going to say or do. And this book gave her the language and the confidence to go enter into that time of difficulty with her friend. That's awesome. And so you can find the book on my website, contemplativedoula.com or any of the major booksellers, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, or your local bookstore can often order it for you as well. There's so many people still in the medical community that are having a difficult time with hard conversations with patients they've served for decades, possibly. And and so this might be a, a tool for them just to to maybe step out of that kind of white coat world and, and just read it for personal pleasure, but could apply a lot of these skills to their professional uh, as they're, they're navigating um, with patients and families facing serious illnesses. So absolutely check out this book. It's an amazing book. And I, I'm just really thrilled to have read it and, and know you, Francesca. It's just amazing. But you're also working on sort of another book. And I, I, I would hate to leave without mentioning this because it's a special kind of a specialty book because it's about children and grief. It is. I've just completed the manuscript for a picture book and it's called Butterscotch Rock and it's about a granddaughter and a grandmother and their connection and then her dying process and how the granddaughter has these beautiful natural instincts for dealing with her grief and the support that she gets from her parents and the sweet, simple rituals and ceremonies that she decides to incorporate into that experience so that she can work with her grief and work through her grief. And right now you're sort of shopping that book around. So if you're an agent or a publisher out there, um, I've, I've read some of Francesca's stuff. So please, you know, contact her. And let's, let's also provide people, how do people contact you? Um, whether it's for the doula or if you're going to publish this book with them, um, how do people get in touch with you? The easiest way is through my website. I have a contact page right on contemplativedoula.com. And also, it's pretty easy to remember my work email, which is E-O-L-D, as an end-of-life doula, at uvm.edu. Awesome. Awesome. Francesca, I can't tell you um, what a pleasure it is to call you a friend um, and a warrior in making sure people have all the tools that they need. Because the one part about end of life that I'm discovering is you don't know what you don't know until it's way too late. And this course could provide some, even if you're not interested in being a death doula, it could provide you some skills to even navigate this disease management system that we call healthcare. Um, So I think you're doing extraordinary work and you know I'm a big fan. And if there's anything I can do to promote those courses as well as uh, help you get this book published, um, because I think the one thing we forget is how resilient children are, but also how can we address grief um, with children. And I think a picture book is, uh, is an interesting and, and creative way to do that. So 
Thank you so much for taking the time out. Um, I miss Vermont. Um, It's amazing to have been with you those few weeks um, in Vermont this past uh, summer. So thank you so much for what you continue to do. And I'll see you in Arizona. Well, thank you, Kimberly, and safe travels to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. And remember, you're the designer.